Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today I'm joined with the co-founder and CEO of TaylorMed, Strolik Dvorsky. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Jared, for having me. Great to speak with you. I'm excited to chat. I think we should dive right into it. We like to keep these things nice and quick for the for the audience that's listening. I, I'd love if you could tell the uh, yeah, I'd love to tell if you could tell us a little bit about your background and then we'll go into TaylorMed. Sure. So happy to tell you a little bit about uh, myself. Uh, so co-founded this company together with Adam, our CTO, my co-founder, about four and a half years ago. Um, I actually came from a medical device background, spent about 10 years in that uh, field, uh, mostly in one very exciting company called Brainsgate, where we developed a new modality for treatment of ischemic stroke. But kind of along that journey in my professional life, I went through a challenging journey in my personal life. Uh, and I was a caregiver of uh, family members who were diagnosed with cancer. Um, and it eventually became to be something um, really meaningful in my life. Uh, and, and I think that that started to create kind of an itch to maybe do something with my day job in technology uh, and hopefully find ways to uh, leverage that to help more patients. Um, and this is kind of the backstory of how Telomet uh, started to, uh, to come uh, into fruition. Um, so that's basically it. I uh, am from Israel, uh, and this is where the company has been founded, currently uh, working with our teams in New York and in Tel Aviv, but uh, on the line back and forth uh, all the time. And are you, specifically, are you in Tel Aviv? Yeah, at the moment, speaking from Tel Aviv. Very Sunny cool. Tel Aviv. How are you, it must be interesting for you having to deal with the time difference too, because you obviously have the team over here. So, and, and is it this, I, I've done some work with people over in Israel, is, is Sunday through Thursday the common work week? It is, but it's not the case when you're running a, a startup that sells into the U.S. ecosystem. So um, yeah. there is a very vague definition of uh, work days and working hours because you basically, uh, a lot of our team members here, uh, you know, work their day, you know, here in Israel where our R&D offices, uh, but all of our partners and team are in the state. So a lot of times the day restarts again at uh, 8 p.m. ish uh, and extends through the night. Um, it's definitely challenging, challenging for me and challenging for others. But I think the goal of uh, really making an impact from here is the one that drives us to, uh, to do that. Uh, we're trying to figure out uh, the, the right way to balance those hours, but uh, not always an easy task. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not impossible. I'm sure it can be. Uh... It could be interesting sometimes, but that's, that's uh, yeah, thank you for sharing. I, I'd love if we could go into a little bit more detail into the, the basically three things I like to focus on. And I, and I got this from Simon Sinek, always talking about what, what customers care about the most, right? Your why, how, what. Could you talk us through that? And then we can go into some of the other things about TaylorMed. Absolutely. And uh, I think that, you know, his talk and approach to this uh, is also something that really uh, helped me frame what I want to do in my life. So uh, I definitely read it definitely resonates. So I think the why is, is pretty straightforward. I think that when we are looking at challenges that patients are having throughout their care path, medical journeys, uh, there are numerous, but there is one that has been, um, you know, really in the, on the increase or on the rise in, last, in the last few years which is the financial one. So patients are really struggling to afford their care uh, to the point that that's the first and foremost uh, frequent um, uh, reason for patients to go bankrupt or people in the States to go bankrupt. Uh, 
Uh, and it's not only that, you know, some of those won't be able to get uh, the medication they need, uh, life-saving medication in a lot of cases. Uh, and that's something that is crippling for, for so many patients and families. And that's the why behind it. Uh, and I think uh, that's what drove me to start this venture uh, as someone who was a caregiver for family members with severe conditions. Uh, but I found that uh, we're not alone. And it's something that affects millions of patients a year. Thank you for, for sharing. It's I, I'm always really interested to hear that. And uh, it, it's something that I don't think, even though it is so important, I don't hear enough companies like publicly put that out there. I think some expect, right, that. So I always want to ask that because this is supposed to be the thing that's tagged to your company, right, that uh, people can also look to uh, this podcast to, to learn just quick snippets about what you're about and what you're building. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and that's something that, you know, Everyone on our team um, starts the day with that notion in mind. Uh, it, it really speaks a lot. And to your question about how, I think uh, it's also super important to think, you know, there is a problem out there. Um, what are, what's the approach that you are taking to really move the needle in this space? And this is like the how stated for us. Um, what we think should be done is how do you identify patients in financial need as early as possible in their medical journey? And not when a patient needs to make that very hard decision, whether I'm getting the care I need or, or not. Uh, and also from our provider and pharmacy partners, how do we this, you know, detect those challenges as early as possible and, and address those? And I think the how is proactive. And I think that what we're doing is that there is a lot of technology behind be, being able to be proactive and discover those patients in need very early on, even before they get treated. Um, and, and it's basically built on getting data from a variety of different IT resources, whether they're, they're EHR, pharmacy management system, payers, claims data, um, and then putting all of that holistic patient profile into something that our algorithms can then go and predict what will be the you know, financial risk or financial re uh, responsibility or vulnerability the patient is expected to have throughout their episode of care, and then come and address those head on uh, proactively. And that's the how, uh, because there are a lot of different tactics that could be done in order to try and mitigate it. Uh, but sometimes they are really far down the line when the patients are, you know, super distressed and maybe even decided to abandon their treatment. Um, and, and, the, and the what, just to kind of uh, cover that point as well, I think is, you know, there are an abundance of different financial resources that patients can uh, enroll into and get funding to offset their out-of-pocket expenses. So if you are on a high cost specialty drug, for example, there are funding available from manufacturers like pharma companies or foundation grants, or even like a county-based charity program down to um, social security that can give you premium assistance. Um, and what we are doing is that after we have discovered those patients proactively, we are then facilitating automatic eligibility to a variety of different programs, more than 5,000 at the moment and then helping them enroll to those programs. And if we are successful in doing that, that comes back to the why. We are able to get them the care they need without you know, incurring a financial burden, but also help our uh, partners who are pharmacies and uh, providers uh, and you know, different hospitals to provide this care and be able for them to maintain a good financial performance. Uh, so that's basically the full circle here. How would you identify, and I'm sure there's a couple, but your ideal like patient profile, your ideal patient type that, that you think that TaylorMed helps the most? 
so I think that it is essentially every person that has middle income to low uh, um, you know, income level and has insurance, but for the most part, they would be considered to be underinsured, meaning they would have a high deductible plan or there'll be a Medicare beneficiary um, that you know, has a very high cost of prescription medication. Those people will be the ones that will find it the hardest uh, to, to pay for their care. Um, those will be the ones you know, treated by health systems or clinics or pharmacies throughout the country. Um, and when faced with a bill that is a, a few hundred dollars, but in a lot of cases, thousands of dollars, we simply be not, be, not, won't be able to pay that. And that's kind of, I wouldn't say our ideal patient, but that's the patients that we're seeing the highest need from, and also are able to serve this because there are a lot of programs that will fit that criteria of patients with you know, 400% of the federal poverty level and below, where a lot of those programs can uh, really help. I want to quickly shift focus to uh, something that's still fairly recent, right? Uh, your, your latest funding round. Can, can you talk us through a little bit about uh, obviously continuing to grow? That's why you raise additional capital. But can you talk us through where you're going to really focus on, I guess, for use of proceeds? Um, I, I'd be really interested in that. Uh, and then also, I guess, the, the excitement around the team for, for closing that up. That's a huge accomplishment. What, what is uh, what, what was the internal talk about that and, and how excited was everyone? Happy to. Uh, and, and honestly, that's uh, something that was just an hour, announced an hour ago. Uh, we actually extended that round and we announced it formally today. So let me speak about that in a second as well. So I think that this funding round, in addition to just giving us the capital to allow us to grow the team, grow our uh, pharmacy and provide networks and continue to innovate uh, in order to build better solutions that will serve any patient in any location that they get care, um, is really special this funding round because in addition to our uh, you know, investors that have backed us from day one that continue to uh, participate, uh, we really were able to bring uh, a few strategic groups that uh, I think will very much um, impact our trajectory moving forward. So the, the round was led by Providence Ventures, obviously one of the most um, innovative and larger healthcare uh, organizations in the States. Uh, and together we were able to build a syndicate that brought on two other health systems, uh, Unity Point and OSF, uh, where I think you know all of that together really speaks to how um, big the problem is, not only for patients but also for healthcare providers, and uh, how you know the leading health systems in the country look at Telomed as being like the leading uh, solutions for that. We were also um, able, and that was announced today, to bring on Citibank and their impact uh, investment fund that really kind of speaks to how we play right in the intersection of healthcare on the one hand and finance, and how can we think about forward-thinking solutions to help patients in a variety of different financial resources. And let but not least, which is kind of closing the circuit for me personally, um, the American Cancer Society and their uh, venture team called Bright Edge uh, also participating in this extension of the round. Um, and, and that's, I think, very meaningful because this is like one of the biggest uh, uh, and most important advocacy groups in the country for cancer patients, really speaking about how big the problem for financial toxicity is and how can we work together to educate on that problem and bring innovative solutions for that. 
Uh, and for me, as someone who was the caregiver of cancer patients, that really is something that uh, is you know, exciting me personally. The team is obviously um, very happy about that. Having the support of those amazing groups and also having the capabilities from a financing perspective to continue to build and innovate uh, is what gets us in the morning. So uh, that is super, super exciting. Yeah, congrats. Those are some, not just, not just great names, right? Those are some of the, for, for the audience, right? That maybe doesn't always follow those investors. Those are some of the most impactful investors too, that are actually going to help, not just uh, give you a check and, and obviously know healthcare very, very well. I mean, Providence is a, a legend in the space and um, it's funny. What's, uh, what's the other one you were saying? Uh, Unity Point. Yeah. Um, I know uh, at Unity Point, Austin Duke over there. I don't know if you dealt with him at all. Yeah, um, Austin uh, and I basically uh, met for the first time around a year ago. And eventually a few months ago, he, he was the one leading uh, the venture team there to, uh, to join this round. So uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, big fan of Austin. Uh, super innovative. Um, doesn't take him. It takes him like uh, not very long to, to understand exactly where you want to go with the company. And uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having conversations with him. I need to get him on here to do a healthcare like VC segment at some point. Uh, but that's, that's awesome. Well, congrats on, on closing the round and also extending it. That's, that's even, even more exciting. I mean, getting the American Cancer Society and Citibank, because you're, you're kind of on the line between this digital health, health tech, like, and also FinTech, like you were saying, uh, which is pretty unique because there's not many companies that can kind of be at the intersection of both. So, uh, so kudos to you for, for all of that getting put together and, and, and being finalized. Um, I, I have a couple things I'd like to uh, quickly dive into before we, we end up wrapping up here, um, if that's okay. So uh, one of the things I wanted to talk through is, you know, a big focus for you is removing financial barriers to care. Can you talk a little bit about why, why this is such a big issue. And then also you already mentioned a little bit about how TaylorMed's helping, but maybe just add the quick TaylorMed two cents on top of that. Absolutely. So I think that what we've been seeing in the last few years, but in general in the healthcare ecosystem is that there is a growing dependency on patients being able to afford their care. And the recent dynamics and you know payer member uh, relationships or costs, sharing dynamics between those are leading more towards patients than in the past. And that really creates a challenge for both patients, obviously, and their families to adhere to required treatment. It's also imposing a lot of challenges for healthcare providers and pharmacists to be able to provide care uh, for patients that won't necessarily be able to afford it. Um, and I think that removing those barriers uh, is, is something that a lot of different stakeholders in the ecosystem is trying, are trying to do, whether it's through how do you think about pricing different types of uh, innovative treatment that are coming to market? How do you think about educating and transparency of cost in healthcare? Um, and I think that everything eventually needs to come together from making healthcare more affordable, but when there are challenges, how do you identify them very early, make that discussion more consumer facing, which is bringing in transparency, but also finding the right ways to offset some of those burdens to other entities that uh, can can take the you know some of the burden away from patients. Um, but the second reason that I think that we are seeing a lot of debate and you know discussion around barriers to care is that think about it you know 
there are so many advancements in healthcare in the last few years. Uh, and these are you know, new drugs coming to market, new devices, um, immunotherapy, or you know, just recently mRNA technology being introduced for the first time. But usually when those come to market, it comes with a very high price uh, at the beginning before those become you know, generic or uh, publicly available for everyone. And at that point in time, there is a tension between patients needing that life-saving or life-prolonging treatment to their ability to afford it. And this is why I think that that barrier, that you know, access to care challenges, why you, you are hearing it all about that and what, what, why we are uh, spending most of our time dealing with that. And I think that our secret sauce uh, is, is, again, going back to how are you taking a very you know, data-driven and predictive approach to finding patients in need and how are we streamlining a lot of manual and cumbersome and decentralized tasks that are happening in that value chain from the manufacturer of those treatments downstream to the patients and automating that with technology? That's basically what Telomed does. Thank you so much for sharing. That was something I wanted to make sure I asked you uh, as we recorded this today. So uh, really appreciate, once again, you coming on the podcast. I hope we can have you on again real soon to dive into some other issues uh, that, that you're, uh, you're working towards. But uh, it means a lot that you came on. I'm excited for uh, your continued success and uh, congrats on the latest funding round. Super exciting. Thanks, Jared. Uh, happy to always. Thank you so much.